On today's brand new podcast, I'm talking with Certified Chief Happiness Officer Tia Graham about what it means to be a happy leader. Let's go! My name is Jake Thompson, your Chief Encouragement Officer, and this is the Compete Everyday Podcast, a show designed to encourage and equip you with the tools to build a winning mindset so you can build your winning life. Text PODCAST to 972-945-9113 to join our Morning Motivation Club and visit CompeteEveryday.com for past podcast episodes and to learn more about our resources and gear for ambitious people who are ready to start winning. Welcome to the show. Welcome back to the Compete Everyday Podcast, competitor. I'm so incredibly stoked that you're here today. You're hanging out because you're committed to getting better. You want to make a bigger impact at your work. You want to crush the goals that you've set for 2022. You've just got bigger and better things in store for your life than settling. And today and every day, that's what this show is all about. Equipping you, encouraging you, and helping you continue to show up and compete every single day. Today is no different as I'm excited to welcome to the show international speaker, author, and consultant on positive psychology, Tia Graham. She's a certified chief happiness officer, and we get into the weeds today talking about happiness, why it can make us a more effective leader, how being a happier leader doesn't necessarily mean you're always feeling happy. You have trials, you have tribulations, so what does it mean to be happy during the midst of those? And more importantly, why is the other side of the equation, the toxic positivity, Yeah, man, I can't even talk today. That toxic positivity, why is it so messy? Why is it so dangerous? Why is it even worse than sometimes those negative leaders in life? And so we're going to talk about all of that today, as well as her new book, Be a Happy Leader, that just came out yesterday. So we're going to talk about why you should pick up a copy on Amazon after today's interview. Before we get into the show, I want to remind you that if you've been missing some of the episodes, if you're wondering, man, I, I thought Jake said they were dropping a new episode every day, but I'm only seeing one from Monday and then last Wednesday. I, I think I'm missing a few. There's nothing wrong with your podcast player whatsoever. In fact, everything's working properly, but you are missing some episodes. You are missing some fresh content. See, after that first week of January, we switched over to our new membership program for Competitor Nation that you can find out all about at competitornation.com or skip the cheat code, head straight to community.competeeveryday.com. You'll learn how to get access to new daily podcasts seven days a week, how you can get on that morning text club that is just like the podcast has shifted to only two days a week for most people, but seven days a week for members of the Competitor Nation community. And you'll find a number of other resources there. So I want to get you connected. I want to get you plugged in. I want to help you continue to build a winning mindset so you can compete every single day. So the best way to find out so you don't miss an episode all year long, you don't miss those morning text messages. And honestly, you just don't miss the opportunity to get coached, encouraged, and equipped by a community of driven people who want to show up and win just like you do. So head on over to competitornation.com or community.competeeveryday.com. I can't wait to see you over there. I can't wait to start every single day this year with you as you make 2022 your best year yet. 
Now, let's get into today's show, talking happiness, leadership, competing, and all things great with my brand new friend, Tia Graham. Tia, welcome to the Compete Everyday Podcast. Thanks for having me, Jake. Yeah, looking forward to today talking happiness, talking working better, talking thriving at work. There's a number of things that I know light you up in terms of helping light others up in the work they do. Uh, But you were just telling me before we hopped on and started recording that you've lived in some really boring places (laughs) all over the world. And so I say that incredibly sarcastically because you're going to give our listeners just a quick snapshot of what you did. But you started working in the travel and hospitality industry and have been all over the world. And so what, I would say, what inspired you to go down that path? It, was it right out of school that you chose hospitality and, and was that underlying reason so you could see the world? <laughs> so I'm actually from Northern Canada originally okay. from a place where it's minus 30 degrees in the winter. And um, I was going to university in Calgary, which is a freezing cold city. And uh, one summer I went and was an intern on Hilton Head Island, South Carolina. I'm actually Canadian and American, thankfully. And that summer on Hilton Head, basically working in tourism and around tourism and hospitality really opened my eyes to this, this fabulous industry, which is the, you know, hotels and travel. And so I ended up Um, changing degrees and changing universities and transferred to the University of Hawaii and started studying tourism and hospitality. Um, But it really was that summer in Hilton Head that uh, made me pivot. Love it. I love Well, and Hilton Head, that's a place that's still on my bucket list for a number of reasons, um, but haven't been. But what I would say, what was one of the coolest experiences? And the reason I want to pull at this before we go a little bit of work is because mm-hmm. traveling creates very unique experiences and shifts our perspectives in terms of how we see the world, how we interact with people, expanding our life. What are some of those experiences that you think helped reframe some of your perspectives that perhaps sparked what you're doing now? Yes, yes. I mean, as so, thankfully, I had some travel experiences as a kid with my with my mom, um, but you know I, that that right away that move from freezing, terribly cold Calgary to you know Waikiki Beach, and I was living in Honolulu, um, completely opened my eyes, and I just felt like a whole new person, a renewed person. And I say, and I talk about this in my book of like I found this inner child again, like she was still in there found ended up finding her in the Hawaiian islands. Um, but from that, I went, you know, I would say another key one is I went and did a semester in Southern Spain. I lived with a family who didn't speak any English at all and was forced to, I was so out of my comfort zone, but, but forced to, to live and to learn in a very different way. Um, and you know, I I've had the good fortune of working and traveling in a lot of different places around the world. And I, I always say whenever you can, spend your money on experiences rather than material possessions, whether that experience is in your backyard or hopping on a plane, it's so fulfilling. And, um, you know, I I think it also benefits the world when we, when we see things from different perspectives and not just our own, it can't help us, you know, but become a better human and a better business leader too. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, So I have to ask out of curiosity, where in Southern Spain? I was in Sevilla. 
I say that because my wife studied in Spain and I have oh, to ask, okay. I think she might've been there too. Oh, uh, okay. She did a pro. Yeah. She did a program at OU with some of her best friends now, kind of our best friends. Oh. Um, so I've never been that. That's a place on my list. Um, as we, we try to live that philosophy that you said, spend uh, money on experiences and travel and, and creating memories versus just things. And, yeah. and I fully, fully back that. So you spent time in the hospitality industry. I know that's kind of where the spark started, started building your own organization that you've now been uh, running and operating and, and changing workplaces for the last couple of years. So tell me a little bit, one of the things I'm curious about is you were telling me offline, you're a happiness consultant, like a certified happiness consultant. Mm-hmm. One, how does somebody even become that? Uh, and two, what does that look like? Because somebody listening is like, I, how do you, what do you mean you're certified to make others happy or be happy? Like, what is this new uh, world that's I'm being introduced to? Yes, yes. So, um, fortunately, uh, Europe is light years ahead of North America in terms of happiness and happiness at work. So, when I started researching the science of happiness, I was following this this leader in Denmark who had this company and had been doing corporate happiness work for a couple decades. Let me and let me ask you a quick question before you tell me about him. Yeah. How do you define happiness? From how do a, I define happiness? Yeah, how how would we define happiness in regards to this conversation? Yes, yes. So happiness to me is a commitment to joy and purpose and accepting life's peaks and valleys. Okay. Love it. Okay. I just, I wanted to give that proper yeah. context as we yeah. were going toward this Denmark professor and, and everything. Yeah. At this so, world. yeah. So basically I was following this guy on LinkedIn and his books and talks and everything. And, and I saw that he had a certification program in Denmark. And so I thought before this, I'd been studying with a Harvard professor who had taught happiness and I got, I was learning neuroscience, but, but specifically what this company in Denmark does is they focus on happiness at work. And so I knew a lot, I know a lot about human happiness, but I was like specifically happiness at work. And so um, it's a week long program in Copenhagen and you basically learn from CEOs as well as, as these other experts. Um, and so you get certified as a chief happiness officer for happiness at work. People that are in organizations get certified and then also external consultants like myself um, there is now a program in the U.S. at Florida International University, too. Um, it's growing. There's probably a couple hundred of us around the world, but I'm sure in a few years there'll be thousands because the world needs it. Yeah, no. And and there's been, obviously, the last two years, such a dramatic change in how we work and how we live and how a lot of people view their work. Yeah. So let me ask, because it would seem there's a little bit of a conflict uh, going on in business of we need people challenged and productive to grow and produce because when we think happiness a lot of times and i know and i know the difference but a lot of times it can create this perspective that it's very laid back you're relaxed you're happy versus like we need we need intensity like we need yeah we need the hustle so one where's that balance and then how do you because i imagine this is some of the work you do mm-hmm. integrate that happiness into that hustle Mm-hmm. Yeah, such a great question. So the research from mo- multiple Ivy League universities, Oxford, ha- uh, Harvard, etc., proves that when people, whether you're a sales professional, you're a CEO, no matter where you are in the organization, 
that when you are more positive and happier, you are more productive. So you actually get more done while you're working. You're more innovative and creative. And I don't know any business leader that doesn't need to be innovative and creative right now more than ever with the world changing so rapidly. Salespeople sell more when they're positive and happy. There's less turnover. Everyone's talking about a great recession, et cetera. So um, it's really about understanding that this is about neuroscience and the psychology of the brain, that when you are feeling more positive and well, it's about your emotional state while you're working, that you're actually going to gain more clients, you know, have less turnover, et cetera. And it has, you know, direct bottom line results. So, um, but I will say, cause you talked about kind of that, that, that perception is it's not at all about, you know, feeling joyful every single day. Right. That's why I say kind of the acceptance of the peaks and valleys that you, it's also about resilience and, and, you know, how you can manage stress, anxiety, et cetera. Um, so I guess they aren't, they aren't exclusive. They go together that hustle. And, and I'm a hustler. I don't know. We don't know each other very well, but I, I'm a hustler too, that, that I see it as um, you want both in order to grow. Yeah. Well, and that's why I'd, I'd ask, because when you had defined happiness for us, you talked about the peaks and the valleys and yeah. we've seen it in Victor Frankl's man's search for meaning and in other works of the importance of challenges and the importance of not always having the easy path, but having to right. overcome things because we grow, we, we can see the progress we made. We take pride in that. And you can get happiness from what you've done while not necessarily being joyful, as you put it in the moment and, and working through it. And so how do we, as a, a, ch a chief happiness officer, yeah. is that right? Is this okay? Yeah, so as a chief yes. How do we encourage as chief encouragement officer, how do we encourage the pursuit of happiness? Even when we know you may not feel quote unquote, have the feelings of happiness going through the trials of growing in your career, going from an internship to a full-time role, things that none of us want to do. We want to get to the corner office, but we've got to work through it. So how do we as chief happiness officer, chief encouragement officer, how do we encourage people to pursue that happy, even though they won't quote feel happy always? Such a great question. So for right off the bat, recognize and know and accept that no one feels happy all the time, right? There's all these different human emotions. I swore the certification. That's what it was going to give us. Yeah. Yeah. No. <laughs> so you, you're going, you want to feel more of the, of the pleasant yeah. positive than the painful, right? It's all about, yep, yep. you know, of, of a scale of more of that. So one is accept that, you know, that there is no person that's happy every single day. So on your journey, wherever you are, intern, manager, you know, going to, like you said, the goal of the corner office, that's one. And two is along the way, second is along the way, make sure that you're connecting to the meaning and purpose of what you are doing. A lot of people delay and push off and they say, when I'm a director, then I'll be this. Or when I get, you know, with you, with your, with, with sports, or like, when I do this, I will. No, focus on the journey because actually the magic and, and, and the, um, I will say the fun also, you know, it is in the journey as well. So make sure that, that whatever you're doing now, you're getting meaning and purpose from, um, and, you know, along the way, also the number one predictor of happiness is human connection. And I'm reading a really great book right now. That's, that's talking about this is 
we we can we can overwork and push off friendships, push off family, push off, but make sure that along that way, as you're climbing to the corner office or the C-suite, that that you know you're spending time with friends and family and and coworkers, connecting so that so that the journey is rich because it's not it's about the destination, but the journey is just as important. I love it. So I have to ask what the book is because we've got some voracious readers here on the podcast. Yeah. So I'm reading a book right now that's called um, Succeed at Work, Succeed at Life by Michael Hyatt and his daughter, oh. Megan Hyatt. Yep. Very, very familiar with Michael's work yeah, uh, as awesome. well. So I'll, ha- I'll have to add that to my reading list. Yeah. But speaking of books, uh, your book just came out yesterday, which is yes. super exciting. Uh, ha- Be a Happy Leader just released. Tell me, I have a feeling why as, as someone who's written one myself, but what inspired you producing this book on top of all the work you're already doing in companies and with organizations? Yes. Yeah. Thank you. So um In my work as a sales and marketing leader in many different places in the hotel industry, I had really inspirational, amazing, motivational leaders. And I also had the opposite, really toxic, negative, very successful people that I remember thinking, how does that person have that job? Like the way they treat people, the way, how how is this person in this position? And so one big reason was I want to motivate and inspire leaders to be a really positive force in the organization because of the ripple effect that they have, not only to their employees, but also to their employees' families. So that's number one. Also, all of the research that I've done with positive psychology and neuroscience and happiness at work, I thought, oh my gosh, everything I'm learning, everyone needs to know all of this. I wish I learned this 20 years ago. This is really great information coming out of Harvard and Yale. And um, the the last is um, when I became a mom, seven and a half years ago, I had to learn to stop working. I could only work from 8.30 to five because I would go home and relieve my nanny and be with my, now I have two daughters. And I don't believe that people need to work nonstop in order to be successful. I would get huge bonuses and all this, you know, when, when I actually only worked 8.30 to five. And um, I believe that happy leaders work out, do you, you know what you're saying? And they sleep and they hang out with their friends and family and they travel and they have a great life. And so I've put an eight step methodology to give leaders my, my framework. I love it. I love it. And, and obviously we can grab that on Amazon. We can grab it at your website. Where's the best place to pick up a copy? Yeah. So if you go to happyleaderbook.com, it has all the places it's available, audio, ebook, paper, paperback, um, and I have a free happy leader challenge too, for anyone that wants to do that. I love it. I love it. So before we wrap up, I want to ask, we've talked about the resilience piece of, of not always kind of feeling happy, but working through those peaks and valleys. I want to swing the other way because we've talked about it here on the show before. And I would imagine you've seen it up close and personal, the, the positive leader, but the, the fake positivity, the toxic positivity mm. that steps out of reality, it moves away from optimism and is in more in this fake reality of happiness. And I know that's not at all what your work's about. And so talk to us about how in our workplace, we can better distinguish between a happy leader and maybe that fake positive leader that that's more dangerous than it is helpful. Yes. Such an important point. So being vulnerable, being authentic, and showing your team that you're going through ups and downs 
is extremely, extremely valuable. I mean, I, because of my choices and also a little bit because of my DNA and, and circumstances, I'm definitely a positive, optimistic person, but I have horrible weeks and bad months too. And when I was going through challenges personally and professionally, I was really open and honest with my team. I let them see that I'm a human also. And um, especially when we're going through something like what we're going through now with the pandemic and, and everything, if, if you are positive every single day, you're going to come across as fake and you're going to lose trust and credibility. So this is, you know, Brene's Brown work, but yep. really being vulnerable and real is what people need to see and more importantly, need to feel. I love it. I love well, and that and that makes just so much sense about being a happy, optimistic leader who understands there's so much going on and, and today yeah. may suck, but here's what we're going to do to continue working forward, working through those valleys that you mentioned, working through those peaks so we don't become complacent. Um, and so I appreciate you taking the time to touch that because, you know, you think about that when we talk about positive leadership and positivity, you can't help but notice that whole atmosphere where everybody's like, they're just like, they're so positive, like in the buildings on fire right now, where we yeah. need a little it more seems like, fake, right? yeah, it seems so yeah. fake. And so we, as leaders, those listening to this, that are in leadership positions or striving for specific positions within your organization to make more of an impact have to be aware of that. And, and what better way to do that than to work through your framework, to understand how to be that happy leader who has that competitive mindset, that optimism that just feeds into all of it into creating great culture. So Tia, I really appreciate you taking the time to, to share a little bit with us today. So you've got, we've got your website, where can we follow and learn more from you and some of the stuff you're publishing and producing in addition to your book? And sure. So my website is arrive at happy.com, my social media channels as well. I'm really active on Instagram and LinkedIn. Those are definitely, yeah, definitely the two. Um, oh, YouTube as well, I guess. But um, yeah, would would be honored to connect with your community. And uh, I think encouragement and happiness definitely go together. So I'm, I'm really honored to be on your show. I love it. Thank you so much for hanging out. Listeners, for everybody listening to the show this week, if you're in that leadership position, you're running a company, you're leading a team, highly, highly, highly recommend going online, picking up a copy of Tia's new book, Be a Happy Leader. Plus, she's got some free bonuses, it sounds like, an assessment for you to check out as well. So Tia, thanks again for hanging out on the show this week. Yeah, thank you. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Compete Everyday Podcast. To get in touch with the team, drop us an email to podcast at competeeveryday.com. And to find out more about our resources, content, and gear that will help you build that winning mindset so you better compete for your best life, visit competeeveryday.com.